Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to find out more about the Exxon Broadcast Network and the programming we have available for you, 24-7-365, visit us online at www.xzbn.net. And the Exxon is being brought to you tonight around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. My guest this hour is author John Jensen. He is a former Catholic priest, a clinical psychologist, and an educational consultant who has worked extensively with groups in efforts for social change. In We Need a Movement, Dr. Jensen mines a rich field of individual and group psychology to explain key guidelines for generating a successful movement. He vividly presents critical factors of communication and conflict resolution seldom translated from the professional arena into layman's use. His website is www.movementwithoutgunfire.com. And uh, Dr. Jensen, welcome to the X-Zone. Nice talking to you, sir. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, tell us a little bit about your, 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 your website, Movement Without Gunfire. Well, it uh, summarizes the basic message of the book mm-hmm. um, that I've that I've written and provides a way to get hold of me if people want to insert their uh, information. Right. And uh, right. Uh, kind of uh, focuses on the mission of it. Why why bother with this? Yeah. And once again, explanation. The name of his book is entitled "We Need a Movement." Um, Fourteen days ago. We had the shooting at the high school in Florida. Another shooting in Michigan today. When we look back at Columbine and the other, the other um, senseless killings that have gone on, what can you tell us about this? Why are we seeing so much violence these days? Um. The question goes a little beyond uh, my pay grade okay. in the sense that it really has to do with how society is functioning and losing people. In other words, these folks that are doing these mm-hmm. things um, are disaffected from society. Okay. And the society is not focused on the individual. I work a lot with small children. And right. I can, uh, with staff people around me, I can see, hey, this guy's headed for trouble. Mm -hmm. At four years old, I can tell he is headed for trouble. Now, unless somebody periodically throughout his life turns that corner, um, he may end up one of these folks. And the thing is, our society really is not focused on seeing that everyone succeeds. Now you're you're in Canada, yes, sir. and um, yes. I, I I'm speaking mainly to the uh, to the American audience, as mm-hmm. I think, but because I don't know enough about gun violence in Canada. But it seems to me every single one of them 
is a person who could have been turned around if somebody had reached them. And we, we just have not put our priorities there. The priorities instead are uh, how the top echelon uh, works, mm-hmm. uh, trickle-down economics. Uh, it's great to be rich. It's great to pers- be able to pursue wealth. But those uh, left on the sidelines are, are not prospering. It seems that we have forgotten the one May key uh, factor when we're looking at society, and that is people matter. People matter. And like you were saying, you know, it seems that unless you're, you're rich, unless you're this, unless you're that, you know, no, get back to basics. We need to do what we used to do years ago. And that is number one. And this is my opinion, sir. We need stronger family unity at a young age. We need positive role models at a young age. We need to change society's outlook on, all right, everything is in the palm of your hand in an iPhone. Get away from the violence on TV, the violence in the movies, and the violence in video games. Get back outside playing baseball, soccer, football. Go fishing. Go for a walk. Ride your bike. All right. So you're talking about healthy behaviors right. overall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there is an overarching issue, however, which really propelled me to write this particular book at this particular time, mm-hmm. which I discovered on reading history, that uh, a, a remarkable um, historian named Arnold Toynbee really spent his life in England uh, researching why civilizations rise and then fall. Hmm. What makes them cave in? And you'd think, well, it's weather or it's invading armies or whatever. No. What he found was that there's a basic cycle that happens that that is avoidable. First of all, a civilization starts off because leaders said, how can we create a healthy, strong society. They got people working together. Maybe they were inventive this way. They were proactive this way. They included everybody so that everyone uh, pitched in to move toward their role in, in that society. Right. What changed then was that this upper echelon, these great leaders, either were replaced by or themselves turned into the dominant leaders. They became uh, taking advantage of all they had created for their own luxury. And this goes on for decades, etc. And people then realize, hey, for me, this isn't working now. This is not helping me. This is getting harder for me. This is worse. And then that leads immediately into losing faith in your government. So all these things, you know, the domestic tranquility that our constitution, uh, uh, you know, ensuring the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity that the constitution promised, these things are missing. And so people say, well, hey, so when um, a loud voice comes up and says, well, all we need to do is go to war or we need to turn against those people and we need to exclude those people. People say, why not? I mean, what we're doing now isn't working, so why not try something really, uh, really drastic? And then that meant that the society caved in. It could not withstand whatever it was that it was facing. So these wonderful pictures that we have about how life can be, you know, the American dream, et cetera. Right. These are being undercut by what then was in the last election acknowledged on both sides of the political spectrum, the establishment. There's an establishment that has been doing this to us for at least a half century. It really turned after World War II when everybody pitched in together. And, uh, you know, in 1956, a, um, uh, an author named C. Wright Mills wrote this book, The Power Elite. He said, hey, there's a class of people that are governing this country. Eisenhower came along and basically five years later said, you know, it could lead to disaster. He called it the military-industrial complex. Right. And ever since then, the, the equality, uh, the, the inclusion of everybody in the society has been diminishing. So that now we have this, uh, this uh, startling, uh, astounding, really, uh, economic inequity in our country. And it would appear to me that the media these days is not 
fulfilling what I believe the media role to be, and that is reporting the news. But what they are doing is they are creating the news in sensationalistic manners to get ratings and not really caring that much about the content or the validity of what they're feeding the public. Uh, well, you have a good point there, and this is one of the see w- one of the sections of my book is about mediocre thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, there are so many ways that it occurs, mainly through our emotional entrainment on ourselves. But another section of the book is how the media are distorting the news, and how people that confine themselves to one media, especially, yes. uh, can easily get just led way off into what one author called a silo, their, their, their own silo of, uh, of information. And we see that each and every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's funny, you've got pro-Trump media outlets, you've got anti-Trump media outlets, you've got pro-Democratic um, media outlets, you've got pro-Republican and this it's ridiculous. Stick if people were to stick to the truth, stick to the facts, not take their own slant, I understand the news would be pretty boring because everybody would be talking about the same thing, reporting the same story. But isn't that the responsibility of the media in order to make sure society is getting the best information as possible so that society can make up its own mind? instead of being force-fed by the slanted members of the media. You know, this this problem that you bring up, Rob, is it, it, there's a basis to it that people don't understand. Very few people understand this outside the psychological profession, which is the power of confirmation bias and desirability bias. All right, listen, I'm going to have to ask you to take a break okay. with me here, John. Great having you with us, and uh, I look forward to continuing this conversation on the other side of the break. But Exxon Nation, Dr. John Jensen is my guest this hour. He is the author of We Need a Movement, and his website is we uh, movementwithoutgunfire.com. I love that name, movementwithoutgunfire.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiak's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of the Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest and armed with over 40 years experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, This is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. 
Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Exonation, Dr. John Jensen is our special guest this hour. He's the author of We Need a Movement, and his website is movementwithoutgunfire.com. Um, can you explain to us why you wrote your book, We Need a Movement? Well, I, at the time I was, uh, over 50 years ago, I was a Catholic priest, mm-hmm. And I ran across a remarkable booklet called Dedication and Leadership Techniques. And it it so revolutionized my parish that within a a couple of months, we had people meeting at 6.30 in the morning, four mornings a week, for projects that, you know, were going to help the the parish and the community. And it so struck me that, hey, maybe this could be the focus of my priesthood. Mm-hmm. So I applied for leave of absence. And I tried to change my focus and leave of absence. And these things basically led me on a trail of, uh, of change that uh, where I've, I've never lost my, my, my sense of direction, where what I felt I needed to, to do, but it's just taken a whole lot longer than I expected. Why do some uh, protests and demonstrations leave a non-lasting impact on society's uh, social consciousness, where others, men, like the Me Too movement, nobody's going to forget about that too soon? Well, uh, in things like gun control, and you think of immigration, and you mm-hmm. think about economic inequality, you think about taxes, etc., so, so many of these things really are uh, about an aspect of society. It's like if you were going to take an ocean liner across the Atlantic, would your first concern be, hey, I got to make sure I'm registered in a lifeboat. My lifeboat's got all the uh, things that I'm accustomed to having. Or would your first question be, is the boat going to make it? Well, we, be- we, we are like uh, everybody is concerned about his own lifeboat without realizing our system is the thing that is ailing. And in order to change the system, that is what movements do. They come in and they hit something very basic. And unless you see, uh, say, say the top 12 problems that are affecting the country, you could easily list them. All of them really rest on 536 people, Congress and the president, which means that unless we find a way to change that basic thinking at the very top of the society, these problems are just going to get pieces. They're they're not going to get uh, completely resolved. Uh, Recently, a study was done by Princeton and Northwestern universities establishing that the country is now an oligarchy which means a few at the top run things. And that's the argument of the, of the last election. They called it the establishment. Both sides of the political spectrum were angry at the establishment. And uh, uh, this, is, this, is, this is what we're, uh, what we're facing, that it is still the dominant force. And the fact that, for example, that uh, regarding gun control, 97% of the population adults registering for polls, believe that universal background checks is a good idea. Okay, why isn't that through Congress? Well, there's one very simple answer. It's an oligarchy. A very small set of people have the ability to withstand what anybody else thinks. So this this is where we're at. In order to solve small problems, we're Mm -hmm. faced with the necessity of changing the big problem. And that's why a movement is necessary. 
But we've seen in the past that there are certain movements that make a lot of noise to start with, and then it seems as if the members of the movement themselves lose interest in the movement and it falls apart. Well, you see, this this is one of the reasons why I felt I really needed to write the book, because internal to a movement, there need to be certain characteristics that enable people to sustain their energy and their focus. I, I point to four basic qualities. You need to have a vision. Mm -hmm. This is the picture you're painting. Yeah. And people yeah. need to be in constant learning so that they're their, their focus never fades. It doesn't, it doesn't go, go blank. And it needs to be acted upon. A lot of organizations out there that really have a great message and could do a lot more, they don't know how to talk to people that disagree with them. They don't know how to bridge to people that disagree with them. And then finally, an organization, a movement needs to have mutual support. People burn out unless they're with others who are sustaining and say, hey, you're doing great. Keep at it. And so how to put this mix together really is the, is the key, I would say, the, the, the learning that is not available in, in other sources. But if you're talking about organizations that have big, deep pockets, let's talk gun control, the NRA. They yeah. have a lot of money, a lot of members, sure. and who wield a lot of votes. So how can an organization like the, the movement that is started by the by the young people in Florida ever going to succeed. They went to the they went to the their capital and they talked to members of their 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 their, their state government. Nothing got accomplished. The yeah. you know the, yeah. the, the governor him is trying to do things on his own. And I applaud him for that. You know, I, I applaud Walmart. I applaud all the other stores who were saying, hey, enough is enough. But unless the government who, you know, the head honchos have received many millions of dollars from the NRA that have gone into their, their campaigns, do anything about it, nothing will get accomplished. Yeah. Well, pe people uh, recognize that um, money talks and it means a lot to those in power. Mm -hmm. Now, what's missing is recognizing the power of human contact, face-to-face -face, uh, information, that once you are in connection with somebody, hey, this is a good person here now. Okay, you and I are going to talk back and forth, and we're going to come to agreement. See, this is where the untapped power is. There's no limit to this kind of, uh, of influence that is, uh, that, that, that is available. And, uh, and so my whole focus there is, is to stop depending on things that will let us down, like money, and start focusing on things that can really uh, move us quickly. Such as? Well, uh, take a, a, really, a very practical small example. Let's say you and I decide, hey, we are going to start something. And we work just you and I for a month. Mm-hmm aiming to get two more. Okay, second month, four of us are working at this. And we're just doing things, we're learning, we're go acting on it. Third month, we have eight. We, we're going to continue at, at this rate. Doesn't seem like much. Three months, we only have eight people. But if you keep up that pace for a year, you have 2,000 people. I, I understand that, but isn't time of necessity when well, it comes to these movements? Well, a year, 2,000 people. See, the, the, the problem is that people have a superficial understanding of what's happening. And, and this is the whole point of a movement, is that you get embedded in a picture, and then it just drives you. You enjoy communicating it, and you send it out, and more and more people do it. You know, a, a great organizer, uh, you remember Cesar Chavez, who started the United Farm Workers, Somebody asked him once if, if uh, organizing was hard, and he says, no, organizing is easy. All you have to do is paint a picture and color it in. Well, that's a that's a human face-to-face -face job. And one of, the th one of the advantages I've had in writing this book is a, a history in a lot of different things, in education consulting, in mm -hmm. psychology, uh, in sales, in organizational development, in politics, et cetera. And... Each of these has little gems. For example, here's a gem. I can tell you, predict 
how your organization will grow or not by this one factor. It is the time you spend face-to-face -face selling your idea. That is the measure of sales success. And our sales are simply to communicate another an idea to someone, to, to, to an eligible uh, adult. I understand that, and I appreciate that. But when you're talking about topics like gun control, if you're taking a year just to get 2,000 people, how many lives are going to be lost in the meantime because you're taking this two by two by two? Well, oh, but you see, that's just – I was giving you an example of just you and I one sure. to one. Okay. In but, one community. So, But let's say you start with 1,000 people mm -hmm. in a – you get a national speaker, you know, a, a big name coming into town. You have a thousand people in a in a auditorium. Bam, you're, you know, by, within a year you can be eight million people. So um, it, it's not it, the, the question really is: Are people equipped to to be able to internalize and then communicate the picture that you want, the, the their understanding of what society needs, and how to get it. But isn't this of that understanding is really the critical growing factor. But isn't this where social media comes in? Ah, but you see, that's passive. And that's where, when you go on Facebook or, or, or all of these things, mm -hmm. what people do is they meet their existing needs. And the problem really lies in how you communicate with people that don't agree with you, whose website you would not go on, and people that where you don't feel you can even talk politics with this relative across the dinner table. How do you approach him? Well, I have some ideas about that that are, are very, very uh, important and very effective. All right, let's talk about this. those when we come back from this commercial break with the news. ExoNation, okay. Dr. John Jensen is our special guest, and we're going to be talking more about his book entitled We Need a Movement. And for more information, visit his website at movementwithoutgunfire.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. John Jensen is our special guest. He's the author of We Need a Movement, and his website is www.movementwithoutgunfire.com. All right. What can people do to get this, these movements going and, and gaining speed and, and to get their message across to not only those who are going to be, if you'll excuse the expression, an easy sale, but the people who are really not in agreement with what they want what they think they need, and what they believe in? That's a great question. And uh, the probably a, a third of the pages of my book really uh, address how to do that okay. and why, why those things are, are th these particular actions are needed. Um, it, it amounts to providing, meeting people's needs at different times in intersecting ways. Now, for example, if I say, hey, Rob, I got this um, handout here. I want to go out and just distribute it on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So you and I go out and we hand out 100 flyers to people. Right. Well, right. what happens? See, there's an action there. But then you and I have to talk about these ideas because people are asking questions. So there's learning. Now, the fact that we do it together, this is mutual support. So if we get two more people, then all of a sudden we have four people handing out flyers, supporting each other, and the flyers, whatever is on them, this is our vision. So we have these four factors working together, the vision, the action, the learning, and the mutual support. Well, people that don't know what to do, they look at that and they say, hey, you guys are kind of up to something interesting here, and I, I like it. Maybe I could go with you next time. Well, see, this is the, the big opportunity that people have when they say, hey, we need a march for 1,000 people, you know, in front of the senator's office, or we have 100,000 people. My, I have heartache about that because you're not, they're not using the event to deepen these bonds and this learning and the, the subsequent action. The basic learning, the, the most important learning, is going to be how we approach people that disagree with us. Now, here are some really simple things. Okay. First of all, and this is, comes from out of the field of psychology, listen for 10 minutes before you speak for one minute. You use the 10 minutes to really understand the other person and let them know you understand it. Then when you do say one thing, it will be targeted. It will be right in. Say, you know, I have a thought about that. Could I bring, bring that up? Now, another thing. You'd say somebody that, uh, you know, is from the Confederacy. They really love the Confederacy. Or they are, um, well, let's just, just take that one. You know, uh, I can really understand. You find something to respect how you might honor your ancestors. I can understand that. So tell me how you came to these beliefs. In other words, you become curious about how they form their mind. And believe me, this is a mystery that pervades society, how people form their mind. Everybody's kind of individual. I had this uncle who said this, and this dad said this, and we did this when I was a kid, and it made me think such and such. 
And if you become fascinated at how people think and put their mind together, there's no end to the conversation. It's just sheer interesting, even if they are totally on the other side of the political spectrum. But you listen respectfully for a long time, and then you say, you know, I just have a thought about that. Could I throw it in here? And that by asking their permission, it throws a toggle switch to where they allow something in that they otherwise wouldn't. You say, well, you know, I had a different experience when I was growing up. And my dad always said this to me, Mm -hmm. bang. And then you walk away and let them think about that. So see these very basic elementary things. First, the the first thing I would do in training a, a, a thousand people would be to say, simply use the approach, which is just to listen and draw people out so that they know you really understand what they are saying. Don't even worry about saying anything back. The first step is just being able to listen well. Then as we work and study in in our own uh, study groups, you develop the message. So when your one minute comes, the one sentence you say is just gonna be on target. Now here's a simple way to get around negativity. Um, This came up uh, when a uh, young man was suggested uh, that he go visit his great aunt in a uh, nursing home. Nobody wanted to be around this lady because she was so negative, complained about everything all the time. But he was advised to do this. Whatever she says, ask a question about the least negative part of it. And keep doing that. Well, he went there and they had a really pleasant conversation for a couple of hours. But the bottom line was that the staff of the facility reported that she was in a good mood for three or four days afterward. Now, that simple diversion of just taking interest in people, listening to them, respecting, understanding, and gradually steering the conversation is is a huge, huge thing. Here's another factor, the recent, recent research. Why was it that people have such a problem overcoming differences of opinion. Well, the study discovered that the brain actually works less efficiently whenever it meets a barrier. You disagree with me, all of a sudden it's like this little glitch, this little scutch goes in my brain, and I don't quite know what to do. I can't think as well. I can't think rationally. I can't think clearly. And so you start with things you agree on. Like if people have a problem with, you know, they think uh, vaccination uh, causes autism, et cetera, you, you start by saying, isn't it a great thing that uh, vaccinations kill off uh, measles and rubella and whooping cough? Isn't that a great idea? Yeah, okay, we're agreeing on that. Then we go to talk about vaccination and the evidence about autism. In other words, there are different ways and different skill sets from, from different fields of knowledge this huge constellation of knowledge about how you approach people that disagree with you that is simply available there to be learned. I've tried to explain as much as I could of that in the uh, in the fourth section of my book. So basically what you're teaching your readers how to do is basic communication. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But where do you learn that? You know, I, I mean, you maybe had one class in it in high school. Yeah. But uh, you know, people, uh, and I've often thought, you know, we really need a, everybody, a master's course in how to deal with people, your own family, your own yes, children. I agree with you. Children. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I, I really do. Because once again, reflecting on my youth, supper time, everybody was at the table. Everybody talked about what happened in their day. What are they planning? How was school? How was work? We paid attention to each other. We showed mutual respect. And like you were saying, you may not agree with something somebody at the supper table may be saying, but if you give them your side in a well-thought-of manner, and then you show them the kindness and the courtesy of hearing their side of the story or their belief. You will find that middle line. You're right. And we don't see yeah. that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That's, that's uh, in fact, I think there are studies about the 
impact mm-hmm. on, on children of a family meal at least three times a week is going to make a statistical difference in how well they do in life. My wife and I went out for Valentine's Day, as I'm sure most husbands do. My wife and I are blessed with six children, 11 grandchildren. And when our family goes out, we talk. We pay attention to each other because each member of the family is important to each other member of the family. But when you go out to restaurants today... That's big, really, Rob. That's big. It is. But when you go out to restaurants today, sir, you see families sitting at a table not communicating with each other, but their heads are bowed, and instead of praying to God and giving thanks or whatever your religious philosophy is and your belief, people are using their iPhones. Isn't that something? (laughs) Fubbing, fubbing. (laughs) I don't understand it. Maybe I'm from, like, I'm from the old school where people mattered. I am too, I agree. (laughs) This is why I'm doing the job I am, because people matter to me. And I want to get as much information that each person has that they want to share with other people. And I think that once we get back to basics, and life is simple, we humans complicate it. And once we get back to basics, once we get back to mutually respecting people, respecting their beliefs, respecting their thoughts. Communication, people, is a two-way street. Talking and listening. And once we get back... You know, I want to expand on that idea about respecting people, in fact. If you can find one thing you can respect about another person, you can change their behavior. That's right. I, I, I could tell stories about that, but what it does is it removes an oppositional vibe that you issue toward the other person that says, oh, yeah, I see that good in you, and that interests me, and it draws me to you. Okay, we build on that and gradually enlarge from that. You know, when I was young and we went to church, there's something people don't do very often these days. This is how the message would come, and this is how the parishes would form in unity and and talk and discuss. Once again, I'm from the old school, John. And uh, there's one thing that I've learned throughout my life in radio. There's one thing that doesn't change, and that's when we have to take a commercial break. So please stand. (laughs) Okay. ExoNation, Dr. John Jensen is my special guest, and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break talking more about his book, We Need a Movement. And for more information, visit his website, movementwithoutgunfire.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the X-Zone radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. 
Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Explanation. Um, my guest this hour is Dr. John Jensen. He's the author of We Need a Movement. His website is movementwithoutgunfire.com. John, why is it so important to create a movement now as opposed to times in the past? Well, these needs have been uh, accumulating and growing, mm-hmm. but with the Trump administration uh, now and the things that the uh, Republican administration have done in Congress, it has become apparent to people in ways that it was never clear before. Things uh, that were, if you if you believe in science, mm-hmm. if you believe in education, if you believe in health, all of a sudden people that took for these things for granted are saying, wait a second here, I may need to defend these things. And uh, I, I think that my, my own uh, uh, thinking has evolved to a point where I simply could not have done this at, at any prior time, even though I've been working on it for 50 years. Um, it, it needed to be really clear, and it has not been clear up, up to this point. There have been too many ways to dismiss or say it's no, no big problem, and I, whatever. But I also think that um, it has caused a single question to be raised that is really the uh, essence of it, which is individual willingness to expend themselves with a degree of sacrifice. In other words, what I'm suggesting in a movement means Mm -hmm. a lot of people who thought of themselves as leaders actually taking the lead by giving a gift of energy to other people. And now it's clear to them why. And See, we can really only sacrifice to the degree of the value that we're sacrificing for. If you think a life, saving someone else's life is worth your life, then your your deed matches the, the height of the value that you're sacrificing for. So people are now seeing, wait a second, what we're doing now to the climate is going to be disastrous in 300 years. All these animals are dying. We're in the sixth great extinction. Mm-hmm. People are losing their health coverage. People are having a poor education. People are suffering in jails and so on and so on and so on. Well, these things accumulate then to a certain point where a generous person will say, ah, I now am willing to accept the discipline of drawing on myself so that I can inspire other people and develop my own army that we are going to change this town or change this state or whatever. So that's why I think things have come together mm-hmm. at, at this particular point in time. As, as, a, as a member of the clergy, being a sociologist as you are and a psychologist, what cause and effect have you seen by withdrawing religion out of the schools? Has this played a part in, the, in what we're you seeing know, these days? Uh, it's, it's, it's a really fair question. I, I think that um, where, in fact, I have a couple of sections in my, in my book about the 
where we appeal to religion for mm-hmm. exactly the purposes I'm talking about. Right. And, and the, the, the great uh, uh, Christian uh, messages about help for the, the poor, the hungry, the, the jailed, you know, the thirsty, etc. These are great messages. And uh, how people get them uh, really is is less significant than that, than that they are absorbed. What I've tried to do in my book, essentially, is to express moral ideas in a, a way that people can understand whether they are in a religion or not. I think where religion, I think it's in this great book, uh, Beliefs That Changed America. See, there, it's in my uh, table of contents. Six beliefs that compete for the soul of America. That the downside of religion is its dogmatism. The upside is its willingness to sacrifice for values. And so where uh, people are willing to take the one side or the other really mm-hmm. determines its usefulness, it's in, a, in terms of its impact on the uh, on the society it's in. So I, I think that it's possible to to integrate uh, religious ideas. In fact, I was startled when one of my best friends, uh, when I was fifty years ago, he said, "Well, he took a uh, he went to uh, Washington State University. I took a class in religion." I said, "You did." In fact, it was on on the Bible. I said, "You did," and he said, "It was about." the Bible. It was not teaching the Bible. In other words, there are great ideas that you can learn about in Buddhism, uh, in, in uh, Shintoism, That's in, right. uh, you know, the, the, uh, Islam, in, in Christianity. There. Learn about these ideas. See how they have affected society. It's a great learning of history to see how these things have intersected with, with uh, a human uh, endeavor. But the, the, the problem then is how to examine these ideas in a democracy and, and avoid the idea of proselytizing. So if you can reach that balance, why then uh, society may be of benefit. Why do some movements fail and others succeed? I think it's really the chord that is struck how, how deep it goes for people to sacrifice mm-hmm. and to communicate the ideas, how important this becomes. Remember Cesar Chavez and his point, paint a picture and color it in. Right. If it matters enough to you, you will keep communicating that idea until, uh, until it is accomplished. See, this is a startling thing people don't know. After World War II, the Communist Party gained 30 million members in free countries because they believed in what they were doing and because they utilized these methods of, uh, of organization and support for the individual acting on your vision and supporting each other while you do it. So if, you, if you're not doing these four things, I would say your movement, attempt at a movement is likely to fail. You need a vision, you need action on it, you need constant learning and you need steady ongoing mutual support. It also sounds as if you need the ability to sell. Yeah. Well, this is the action on it. The basic action is communicating ideas. And and that's learning how to listen and then learning how to speak. You need to have your narrative. This is a great story about uh, a car salesman who sees a man in his lot one day examining Mm -hmm. a car. He goes out and he starts talking to the man. And he talks eight hours without stopping until the man buys the car. So here's the question for an interested listener. You would like to change the world, right? Sure. Can you explain it, how to do it for eight hours so that it satisfies every question the other person has? But isn't there a difference, well, isn't there a difference <laughs> sir, between selling a car and saving the world? Well, the, my, my point is, that there's a plan, there's a strategy involved in saving the world. That's why I've written the book. And that's why people need to have in mind the vision that they're trying to communicate. And they have to have in mind the means by which to communicate it. What? If you don't have those things, then all you have is momentary mm-hmm. enthusiasm. You get 100,000 people in the street, right. and they look around right. at each other after the, at midnight and say, well, I guess we might as well go home now. Let me ask, okay. you, let me ask you this. What, what movements have you been involved with that have been successful? 
Well, <laughs> there haven't been that many in my entire life. I mean, uh, the the um, attempts to change laws and change uh, uh, political campaigns. Uh, you know, I, my father was in politics uh, constantly while I was growing up, mm -hmm. and I engaged in politics. You know, in in Alaska in, in a small way while I was uh, uh, not in the priesthood right. and. Uh, uh, just there was a lot of learning from these things that, you know, some some of which I've in, included in my book. I've learned a lot from other people who have been involved in, uh, in in campaigns and so on. So the learning comes from a lot of different directions. But have you actually been able to successfully apply your methodology when it comes to movements to a point of the movement or a movement being a success? Uh, I have not led a movement mm -hmm. to do what I feel needs to be done. Why not? In other words, you can have you can have uh, local projects. You can have campaigns mm -hmm. that elect or you know. I, I was in you know ran my own political campaigns for a couple of sessions to be on the uh, uh, city borough assembly of Juneau, Alaska, but the. The, the dimension uh -huh. of the movement I'm talking about really relates to the fact that we need a systemic change. And that's why the, the, the depth of the change needed correlates then to the depth of effort required. All right. So, and, but well, and I'm I, trying to explain how to do that. All right. Listen, we have to say so long for tonight, but I want to thank you so much for joining us. And Nation, if you'd like Can more. I make one last comment. We've got 20 seconds. Go to my website if you want a get on a free conference call. I'm going to have a free conference call weekly uh, starting very shortly. Just go on my website. Sorry, I gave him the time. Just wasn't uh, long enough. But I guess the point I was trying to get at, ExoNation, I'm sure you caught it, is how can you write a book about creating a movement if you yourself have never been part of a movement, you implementing what you're trying to get other people to do, and you haven't won or succeeded. You know, those who do, do, and those who can't teach. Isn't that the old saying? I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, as we continue from our studios and our corporate offices in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 